The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Here's a question. Are we ageist when it comes to athletes? At the moment the sports people hit their mid-30s, the topic of retirement inevitably crops up. Now, is that fair or do the sports stars still have more to offer on the field? Well, I'm joined now by co-host of Off The Ball AM, Shane Hannan. Shane, good morning. Morning, Pat. Interesting topic this because uh, people uh, look to Stephen Cluxton but he's not unique in goalkeeping circles because goalkeepers do go on. They do go on. I guess the fitness doesn't have to be at quite the same extent and Stephen Cluxton has changed his game. He doesn't play out field or, or, or make those marauding runs as he maybe would have done 10, 15 years ago um, when he changed the face of Gaelic football. But I mean, Stephen Cluxton's in his early 40s now so these questions are, are obviously going to come up. The issue, I guess, is it, Gaelic footballers, once they hit the age of 30 even, certainly 31 or 2 and most definitely when they're in, in their mid-30s, this question is always asked of them. When are you? When are you hanging up the boots? And it feels a bit. It certainly feels so a little. So even bit the asking of the question, you think, is is the wrong way to go about it? Because there is no question that life becomes more complicated as people marry, have families, and so mm. on. The demands on them, in addition to their training, become maybe overwhelming. And it's not really fitness. It's or capability it's about trying to maintain the level they could when they didn't have those responsibilities Yeah well this is the thing and the level I mean Stephen Cluxton is, could arguably be Footballer of the Year this year James McCarthy probably will get the Footballer of the Year this year uh, Michael, Michael Fitzsimons was I mean I know Paul Mannion won the Man of the Match in the All-Ireland Final but for many people Fitzsimons was probably the Man of the Match and these are the three lads we're talking about potentially retiring so these lads are at the top of their game I just sat in the studio there for, for half an hour this morning with Conor McManus 35 years of age everyone's saying are you going to retire are you going to retire he made the same point he says everyone's asking me since I was 30 years of age when am I going to retire mm. the question gets a bit exhausting because these lads are still playing to a good level yeah and it, it must get in on them a, a little bit now no one seems to say that to fellas who are playing darts no this is the thing <laughs> remarkably yeah but it's certain types of sports Uh I know I understand Gaelic football, soccer, all these sports are, are, are more physical. Uh, clearly rugby as well is another one where the body takes its toll over the years and you eventually have to step aside. But Johnny Sexton's 37 years of age, still one of, if not the best, fly halves in the world uh, heading into the World Cup. It just feels like a bit of a, a disrespectful thing that, that we constantly expect this of sports stars to, to, to give us, they owe us something, or go on, retire, or, or tell us you're not going to retire. Why can't they just continue on until the moment yeah. at which they feel it's right? Now, the, there's no question that uh, physically the body changes as people get older. Um, in Formula One, for example, you don't see drivers in their 50s. Now, Alonso is the veteran <laughs> of the pack at the moment. But by and large, I mean, where your life depends on your uh, your reaction time. Yes, your mental acuity. It's... Uh, that's one of the sports, certainly. But but then you you mentioned Fernando Alonso, Lewis Hamilton is as as well towards the top of the pack at the moment with Mercedes. Um, it seems to be heading in a different direction because of science. Sports psychology has has emerged. They're able to look after their bodies to an extent that they, they maybe weren't before. I mean, back in the eighties and nineties, I don't think Gaelic footballers were were doing yoga or going on drink bans or or looking after their their mental game. Do you know, it, it just wasn't a thing. Um, nowadays, players are expected to do all of these things and more. So, so I think it's going to be it's going to be a thing that we're going to see players certainly in, in darts it's, it's one thing snooker it's another thing you have the class of 92 with, with Ronnie O'Sullivan and Mark Williams and John Higgins who are three of the best players in the world still show jumping another one yes exactly uh, marathon running I mean Lizzie Lee is, is a runner from Cork and in her 
I think early to mid 40s at the moment and she says she is a better marathon runner now than she was in her in her 30s. Mm. Now you also um, have been thinking about the question of managing that retirement when it inevitably comes mm. in some sports as you mentioned some of them where the body just can't take any more. I mean if you remember the end of Roy Keane's career where his ability to do 90 minutes was extremely constrained by his injury history. Yes. So the time comes when maybe they do have to contemplate retirement. It's often not managed well. No, and and it's tough, I guess, to find the sweet spot and the perfect time to retire. Some people say, and even from a sporting sense, retire on a high. Dublin have just won the All-Ireland. Do you want to retire with a, with a trophy in your back pocket? But then if Dublin go on to win the All-Ireland next year, do you say, well, I could have stayed on for another year and, and, and got a 10th All-Ireland. Kieran Whelan retired from the Dubs in 2010. Never won it as All-Ireland. They win the All-Ireland the following year. So there's always that a feeling that next year will be the year and next year will be the year. Um, there's there's a loss of identity. Some, some people have said sport, uh, sports people die twice. You know, they die when they, when they finish their sport uh, the first time. And, and I, I think there is something there. There's a loss of identity. Yeah. Gaelic footballers up and down the country are recognised in their counties for being Gaelic footballers. And it's all of a sudden they're... they're quote unquote washed up they're it's, retired it's amazing how quickly it happens you know the king is dead long live the king and I'm not talking about Henry Shefflin who of course, yes, of course. has found another life <laughs> and doing very well but there is that tendency that uh, last year's hero uh, can be this year's loser there's an ego thing uh, as soon as you're you're not talked about uh, regardless of who people who say they don't have egos sports people do have egos that's why they're so good but there's, there's depression from this as well there's a few names in front of me here Freddie Flintoff Paul Gascoigne Frank Bruno all affected by mental health issues and, and probably retirement depression as well. Kelly Holmes was another one who, after the Olympics and after hanging up uh, her spikes, certainly went down a, a spiral of depression. And they've all attributed to not knowing what comes next, not being that person that's talked about in the papers every week. Yeah. And, you know, your record stands, but no one's really talking about you anymore. It's the next big thing, whoever that next big thing is. There, there are some people who, of course, supersede all of that. People like Usain Bolt. Yes, you know, people that can handle it and, and look even Usain Bolt this week uh, and his his career after sport was talked about I mean, he's talking about going to Saudi Arabia to play soccer and, and yeah. earning 700 million quid for, for doing so in the year <laughs> people that came will be okay it's nearly mm-hmm. the people that are in, in between that level of fame that maybe don't have that and, level and then there are people who take it by the neck themselves Ash Barty decided oh, yeah. I'm out of here and you have to you have to respect that you have to admire it. You see some people doing it for, for injury reasons. We've seen it in rugby a lot recently. Recently, even James Tracy comes into us, a former Leinster player there, who had to retire relatively young, early 30s, 31, because of injury and, and just battles the body has taken and, and, and the brunt of, of matches against Munster and Interpros over the years. Um, but someone like Ash Barty, when she actually takes the bull by the horns and sometimes gets criticised for it. Do you know, all the people are saying, oh, you think you're too good. You've, you've won your majors. You've won mm-hmm. your Grand Slams. You've made your few quid. You can retire now it's disrespectful to the sport. That's, that's complete crap. Complete yeah. crap. Because they should be allowed to make that decision whenever they want and, and live a, a relatively normal life if they so wish. Maybe they want to get into the media, the punditry yeah. side of things, or yeah. do something completely different. I, I mean, that is um, a continuum if you mm. get into media or if you get into management, that is a continuum. But for many, uh, they may be rich beyond the dreams of avarice, but they've nothing to do. This is the thing. Twiddling the thumbs, not knowing what, what, not knowing what comes next, and some people's identities from from being a child, say a swimmer or uh, or someone involved in equestrian, they maybe first got into a pool or got onto a horse at the age of three or four. Uh, that up until their late thirties has been their entire existence, and all of a sudden that's taken away from them. Maybe they don't have a career in coaching or punditry mm-hmm. in their in their chosen sport, and all of a sudden they don't know who they are anymore. 
Like their entire identity has been stripped away from them because their identity was wrapped around their sport. Which, I mean, it can be a dangerous thing and, and maybe yeah. that's why people are in sports but stars. I suppose courage. if your social life and your working life, your professional life, even if you're an amateur sportsman mm. uh, in the GA, for example, at the top level, they're effectively professionals in their attitude and the time devoted to it. And suddenly you're out of that little milieu. Yes. And your pals who are still playing, for example, okay, uh, how are you, Shane? Good to see you. But <laughs> really, you're not there the way you used to be there. No, you're not in the bubble. And, and I noticed that recently, even with, with like someone like Paddy Andrews, for example, who's quite recently on that Dublin panel, who's doing a lot of punditry with us and he presents the football pod. And all of a sudden he's looking at his ex-teammates, you know, winning the All-Ireland again. He's not involved in the trips down to the pub and the Monday club and the celebrations with Sam Maguire and going into the hospital and all the rest. So that is, that's a removal of identity as well. That, yeah. But again, at least the sports psychology, all of these teams and Gaelic football teams and hurling teams up and down the country have sports psychologists now they can lean on. So at least we're heading in the okay. right direction. But your message is lay off this oh. questioning saying when are you going to retire? You do it in your own time. It's farcical. It's farcical. Sports people being, mm. we're retiring them before their time. What, do we not want to see these players in their prime as long mm. as we possibly can? Finally, I should ask you about Vera Powell. Mm. I mean, she might be forcibly retired <laughs> by the FAI. Who knows? What's your take on, on that particular unhappy situation? This whole thing has been awkward. Uh, there have been things following this team around from the very moment they qualified for the World Cup. We all know the controversy around the song in the dressing room, uh, the allegations against Vera Powell that she strenuously denies that were in the athletic piece quite recently before the World Cup and the timing of that maybe some players uh, didn't like either. Um but this whole issue, and, and look, the team are coming home to O'Connell Street this evening, half past six, in front of the GPO. It's supposed to be a, a, a lovely celebration. Yeah. Uh, of course, the tournament didn't go as exa- exactly as we planned, but we picked up our first World Cup point, first clean sheet, did quite well. Vera Pau was the, the manager who brought us there. Um, so, And we weren't overwhelmed. I mean, we've no. seen 6-1 scores and 4-1 scores in the World Cup. I mean, we had a 2-1 a and a 1-0 and a draw. Yes, you know, it's an honourable enough this wasn't a, a, debut. This wasn't Trapatoni at Euro 2012. You yeah. know, this was a, a, a group stage where you could I hold I will your never head forget Gdansk. <laughs> we never <laughs> want to talk about Gdansk ever again. But but I, I think Vera Powell deserves at least the dignity of the celebrations before we start talking about this. She probably, on footballing-wise, deserves a new contract. But obviously there's the issues with, with Katie McCabe. The, the little zip emoji put up on Twitter, yeah. uh, clearly asking for, for Sinead Farley or someone else to be to be pulled off the pitch. And uh, Sinead Farley's work rate, it turns out, was superior to was, Katie McCabe's. It was brilliant. I mean, when you put it like that. So I know, I, I understand that the, the captain and Katie McCabe should have every right to discuss of with course. the manager when, a play, when she feels a player should be, should be changed. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, as Vera Powell said, it's her decision at the end of the day. So um, an awkward situation. Uh, there have been multiple awkward situations with this team. I just hope now it can be put to rest it doesn't feel like she's going to get a new contract, Pat. feels like it's the end of the road for Vera, but uh, let's let's wait and see. All right, somebody else will want her. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Uh, final comment from one of the listeners. Take off the Dublin blinkers there, lads. <laughs> David Clifford was the best player in the championship this year by a country mile. Cheap to reward a dub with that accolade. Get a grip. Well, Mick Fitz took care of David Clifford. He did. Now, Footballer of the Year is different to Footballer of the Fortnight. So I would yeah. say <laughs> David Clifford is possibly footballer of the year. If you're going to pick a Dublin player, I personally be picking Stephen Cluxton. He didn't concede a goal until the final. He kicks those two points as well. But I mean, I think the bookies have James McCarthy as nailed on and Mick Fitzsimons. What he did with David Clifford, uh, sublime. Because keeping him to a few points is is no no mean feat. But I do understand the Kerry fans, probably a Kerry fan writing in there, 
David Clifford probably ultimately deserves Footballer of the Year. And but maybe many times oh, in the future. For sure, 100%. Yeah. Shane Hannon, co-host of Off The Ball AM, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.